0: Hello, and welcome to this Fireside Chat with Jan Tallinn. I'm Brian, and I'll be interviewing Jan for this Fireside Chat. It is my pleasure to introduce Jan for this session. Jan is a founding engineer of Skype and Kazaa. He is a co-founder of the Center for the Study of Existential Risk and the Future of Life Institute, as well as providing philanthropic support to other existential risk research organizations. Jan is on the board of sponsors of the Bulletin of the Atomic Scientists and and has served on the high-level expert group on AI at the European Commission. He is also an active angel investor and a former investor director of the AI company DeepMind. Um, All right, Jan, it's great to have you here at EAGX APAC. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so I'm a fan of your background and personality, and I've watched quite a few interviews of yours uh, or talks to prepare for this, um, but I'd like to dig deeper so we can get started. Um, so currently, Jan, what buckets of projects or activities do you spend your time on, and how do you divide your time across these activities?
1: I'll uh, consider my um, the main two buckets, Uh uh, as uh, like my philanthropic um, activities. We're trying to uh, you know, fill up a bunch of software and uh, processes for optimizing uh, uh, effective philanthropy. And, um, and the second is basic agent investments, but I'm trying to you know, delegate more and more uh, there to uh, manage my portfolio, which is sort of <laughs> has like over 100 investments by now. So it's, it's uh, like a lot of administration.
0: All right. So yeah, you're notable in the EA community for like being concerned with AI risks uh, at a very early since a very early time. And I have heard you use the metaphor of the drill and the city to talk about the risks from artificial intelligence before. Uh, could you explain that metaphor for the audience today and how it informs your view on the risks from AI? Yeah,
1: I have noticed that like as uh, they. Um, interest in uh, AI kind of increases ac- across the world, across the societies. Uh, I think people seem to have like one particular blind blindsight. Uh, so I kind of figured out like one visual model uh, to, uh, you know, draw attention to that blind, sight, blind spot. Uh, and it's, yeah, I, I call it drill and the city, uh, where you can imagine like a drilling operation uh, that, uh, You know where you have like drill going deeper into the uh, into the core or into the ground, and um, there's like a small city uh, around it. And the way things work is that uh, this drilling, drill kind of unearths um, of uh, some materials that then get packaged. Uh, and processed uh, into some kind of services and products in the city, and then sold or kind of like, gets integrated there so like that that's that's how I figured, like how i' kind of, consider like of ai uh, economics and ai ecosystem you have like fundamental uh, research organizations that are, like, are drilling deeper into the uh, technologies of uh, intelligence uh what it means to the optimization what it means to be uh, have good planning ability, et cetera. And those techniques, uh, kind of starting from, uh, kind of, I don't know, uh, simple like linear regression, going into convex optimization, going into reinforcement learning, and now the latest thing for two years has been transformers. Uh, and then those those uh, things kind of get packaged up into, into services. And most of the focus uh, when it comes to analyzing impacts uh, is in like what happens above ground, like how these things that have been unearthed in the last... Uh, like year or or like a few years, get packaged into services and what is the impact of those services and products? Whereas I do think that there is like uh, one should pay attention uh, to the tip of the drill as well because like there is like prob- possibility that it will uh, kind of hit something really explosive uh, and actually uh, the entire operation just blows up. Uh, it we will because we would have like what I call like AI lab accident where we just researcher put the machines to training mode in the evening and the world is not no longer there in the morning
0: all right yeah that's very helpful metaphor um so what have you changed your mind on or updated your beliefs the most on when it comes to AI risks within the last two years
1: yeah I think my um, the picture has been from one hand it has been gotten has gotten fuzzier uh, because, like, uh, I do think that there's like a important dynamics happening in the city, uh, and uh, it's very possible uh, that, uh, I mean, from the start when I you know, got into this, uh, AI safety racket, I, uh, I I noticed that there is like really uh, important parameter which is like the takeoff speed that kind of divides people, divides uh, you know, future scenarios. Uh, and like if you have like slow take takeoff speed, then the then what happens in the city kind of becomes really important. Uh, and uh, uh if like things can potentially go really fast when the kind of AI capabilities start feeding back into AI capability development more and more, uh things can might kind of become exponential, like in the literal sense. Uh so uh but like so when I started this, I kind of mostly had this uh, kind of exponential hard takeoff scenario in mind. Recently, I've been updating slowly away from it, and also like there is uh, one additional consideration: is that like it's possible that things that happen in the city uh, might kind of influence how the drilling happens. Uh, so it's, uh, uh, for example, like main reason why I'm concerned about militarization of AI uh, is that it may become harder to coordinate uh, the, the drilling operations. Uh, so it's like if there's a military, like yeah, the level of uh, Cooperation uh, between uh, different trading operations, uh, you know, goes down. So that's uh, yeah, uh, that's another thing. Uh, and, and one one I uh, would say last thing that I have been updating is that there seems to be uh, like a bunch of hardware that will come online in the next few years. Uh, so it's like uh, if you have this model that AI is bottlenecked by hardware, uh, there's like a significant bump of probability uh, of having superhuman AI in the next uh, few years.
0: Uh, to clarify that, so you're saying like you think the hardware needed to achieve transformative AI is like more, more. Yeah. More so there's like one, yeah.
1: one particular model that open AI is particularly going to fund off is that uh, like who cares about the software? Like it's, it's just like uh, we have experienced that like uh, hardware is, is, is like the thing that 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 really matters. Uh, I think Richard Sutton also has has written like this bitter lesson essay where he kind of uh, points points towards that like we, we can do a lot of software cleverness, but in the end like just hardware comes and and over kind of wipes away this this software advances by just uh, kind of sort of inventing itself. Uh, and uh, and like it's uh, it's known that, that in the next uh, few years as people are going kind to of moving away from graphics cards that were just developed for gaming to specialize AI hardware. There's a, there's a particular bump uh, that that's coming.
0: All right. So uh, one question from the audience is uh, so in the Netflix documentary, The Social Dilemma, uh, Jaron Lanier describes the attention economy as an existential risk. Uh, and this is echoed throughout the de- documentary by other figures. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are your thoughts about that and how would you relate that to your what you said that okay the things in the city could affect the the drilling yeah yeah i, I like i uh, i mean i
1: i would be surprised if that would be kind of literally true that like the reason why homo sapiens uh you kind know, of goes into exists goes like out of existence is because of like social networks uh that seems uh Unlikely, uh, to put it mildly. But uh, uh, on the other hand, it's exactly like that. Like it, it, it does kind of create like unhealthy uh, dynamics and like kind of unhealthy incentive. It already has it created unhealthy incentive landscape, and these incentive landscapes kind of do feedback into into how the kind of future is going to be. Future trajectories are going to be constrained. Uh, so I, I do think it's important to kind of pay attention what happens in the social. Uh, Social landscape in general, uh, and and like uh, these like bad incentives from having advertising supported uh, internet is is one uh, one example of those bad like bad bad like a feature of of the incentive landscape that is bad.
0: All right, yeah. So many AI researchers um, have different views on when human level AI would be created, but uh, for you personally around when would you say this would be created and how has this view of yours updated within the last two years?
1: Yeah, I, I, kind of, my, um, sort of interesting thing is that like, I don't, uh, there's like a lot to kind of disagree about with Ray Kurzweil, but he has been kind of, uh, hammering this like concrete date, like, uh, uh 20, uh, uh, 45 and uh myself is like ah oh, like who knows <laughs> but sorry but over time we're going to keep updating and, and like on my my estimates do uh sort of uh, uh what's the word fluctuate around that <laughs> that time so somewhere somewhere in, in the 40s is, is my is my median estimate uh and uh i think the most comprens- comprehensive analysis that came or is, is about to come out i think it's in draft form uh I think Ajeya uh, at the open is, is is working on something like that. Uh, and, and I think uh, her uh, model is also going to point to uh, somewhere in the middle of the century uh, when, when we want to, we're going to pin down. I, th- I think her models are just the most comprehensive ones that the world has right now.
0: Yeah, uh, she's giving a talk on this tomorrow. Uh, awesome. So people should stay yeah. tuned for that. Um, yeah, so uh, some effective altruists subscribe to the view of patient long-termism that instead of focusing on reducing existential risks this century, um, we should expect that the crucial moment for long-term is, is in the future. Um, and I guess part of this view is that, yeah, the, the risk of that we suffer from an existential catastrophe this century is uh quite low compared to what other effective altruists think. So, what are your thoughts about this view? Uh
1: well, I, kind of, I have like meta thought that I think it's like really valuable to have this kind of uh, intellectual diversity, and kind of uh, people looking at things from different angles. So my kind of meta model of this is that uh, there is like the, the main disagreement comes from uh, whether we take the inside view or outside view. Uh, so if you kind of take outside view and look like, well, this is a century. We have had many centuries before. Uh, so like uh, it's like uh, we should kind of treat it as a. In a reference class of centuries, uh, and like uh, it would be kind of silly to think of like that the random century that we can necessarily find ourselves in uh, is somehow special. Uh, but that's like uh, we know that outside views kind of work until they don't. Uh, like there's this famous, uh, I think, uh, uh, I'm blanking out right now, uh, but uh, I think it was Taleb, uh, but I'm not sure was a black swan thing uh that that you um uh like or like the turkey experiment like turkey had with with each additional day the turkey will get you kind know, of more and more confident based on their outside view that that humans are really good uh, and like they just come feed, feed and and uh-huh. you know, treat treat nicely but like the important thing is that there's an inside view that says that there's a reason uh behind that and and so like the inside view has, has like kind of Is both drastically different, gives drastically different perspective, drastically different predictions, and B is right. Uh, So I think that similar situation is going on here because like uh, there's an important threshold that uh, that AI and kind of technology in general. There's like one way of looking at it is that what is the effective radius of a technology, Uh, like uh, like a new technology, how much kind of atoms it can can uh, influence. Uh, And there's like a fixed radius, which is the the diameter of the Earth or or radius of the Earth. Uh, So you can kind of compare like what is the power of technologies. And in some ways, I would argue that this century, the the power of of technologies is kind of approaching the radius of the Earth in some abstract sense. Uh, So like we should expect some kind of phase transition this century. Therefore, like the the outside views don't really... uh, we should be kind of at least humble uh, about, we should not be confident that the outside views are are, are going to give good predictions.
0: Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's a good mental model of the inside versus outside view. Um, So given that, what would you have your own probability estimate for the likelihood of an existential catastrophe, Mm -hmm. catastrophe happening this century? If you'd like to talk about your views on that.
1: Yeah, so I'm not very confident, uh, but I'm like fairly confident that I'm in double digits. Uh, so, like, if I kind of had to, I uh, suppose obvious shelling point for double double digits are or two double two obvious shelling points. Whether I use log scale or 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 uh, normal scale, or like thirty three percent or or uh, or fifty percent. So, like, somewhere between thirty three percent or fifty percent is is my um, expectation of existential catastrophe. And it's kind of like, yeah, dominated by this argument that uh, that indeed we're going to have like very transformative technologies uh, this century, where like small group of people or or, or even like one person uh, can just completely affect the. The mostly I'm concerned about environmental effects, uh, so kind of like radical environmental effects. Uh, I do think that if, if there's like, like. Uh, an AI catastrophe or, or biocatastrophe, it will can kind of manifest itself in a way that the environment becomes very quickly uninhabitable for biological. Like, yeah, if it's AI catastrophe, it becomes very quickly uninhabitable for biological uh, creatures because like you have like temperature uh, lowering. There was an interesting uh, uh, thing that happened, I think last month when Microsoft brought up their under underwater. Uh, Server farm, and they found that it had done like seven x better than the, its cousins that are uh, you know normal cousins uh, above ground. And we, there were two reasons that they cited uh, that why it was the case. One was that there was no oxygen, and B there were no humans. So you can think <laughs> about like what the AI would be interested in if it wants to kind of increase their its uh, hardware re- reliability uh, by seven x.
0: Yeah, that, that's good. That. It's interesting that yeah, there's a connection between AI and environmental effects or like climate change tail risks. Is is that what you're hinting at? Like AI? No, could I'm, cause- I'm hinting
1: at like something more radical. Uh, like the, oh. I'm hinting at that uh, there is. Uh, I mean, it's kind of in the same reference class if you kind of squint your eyes, uh, but uh, it's it's kind of not important. It's important to kind of kind of uh, uh, see like that, that climate change is just like a very tiny uh, problem in that in that huge reference class. Climate change is basically a side effect of human activity. Uh, like, and humans are, like, super well sort of uh, tuned for this this very weird uh, on astronomical scale uh, environmental parameters. We do need this particular mix of nitrogen and oxygen, and and we need, like, the room, the planet to be roughly at room temperature, etc. Like, AI robots do not care. Like, they really do not care. Like, that's the reason why we send uh, robots to space, because, like, It doesn't make a big difference for them. Uh, And moreover, it's unlikely, just like as this uh, Microsoft experiment showed, that the particular parameters that we, that uh, kind of, uh, for historic reasons happened on this planet uh, are particularly good uh, for whatever uh, goals an AI or AI operating economy uh, uh, kind of uh, uh, would want to do. So, so we like, if, if uh, we have like one kind of strong AI takeoff or AI kind of gradually taking over economy and then like optimizing things uh for whatever paperclip maximization or or maximization of uh, gdp or whatever it uh, tries to maximize uh like we should expect like uh, quick changes in uh, environmental parameters which would drive us extinct
0: yeah um could could a specific example be like it uh i whether it cools the waters or or heats up the waters too much that that then um it do yeah, may I mean, be like, to, yeah. I mean, like For one service. thing is it,
1: it would it would just have uh, like, this, just like sort of the, the most conservative thing is that it just like we will integrate AI into economy and economy speeds up. Like I mean, like like one important difference between AI and humans that AI is like really really fast. It's like one million to one one billion times faster potentially than than the wet carbon that that we have. Uh, so it's it's basically if it looks outside, humans are basically like statues that never move. Uh, so so it's like uh, if the economy just speeds up the side effects also speed up. And so we might have like a billion, global warming only like a billion times faster. Uh, probably not billion times, but like thousand times faster. Uh, so, uh, but, uh, but it more, there might be like more sinister thing. Uh, like, like I said, like uh, it's likely that if, if we have like a, like powerful economy or powerful AI uh, that is interested in, 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 uh, uh astronomical expansion like almost all the resources that it, that it can can get are outside of this planet it might be interesting turning the planet into a launch platform how to how to get to the rest of the rest of the Hubble volume uh and uh and when you do that you want to like enough uh, uh kind of one thing that's that seems likely that it will, would would like to get rid of the atmosphere uh because it's just as we already know that it's much better to do uh much better to do uh, engin- like big engineering projects or engineering projects in general, physical engineering projects in vacuum uh, and uh, in a situation where it can kind of deflect heat, get rid of uh, waste heat better than you can when you have atmosphere kind of blocking things.
0: All right, yeah, that's a really interesting view. Um, so are you working on or supporting any projects, activities, or people from the Asia-Pacific region currently? Uh.
1: Uh, so i i am kind of in, in discussion with brian brian say every once in a while uh to see like if there's anything uh, i could uh, help with um i yeah i've been to china a couple of times in the last uh, couple of years in 18 and 19 uh, to kind of meet with people there and i go to japan pretty regularly regularly uh and uh uh, to uh, for business reasons, but also gonna kind of, try to scout the uh, space when it comes to uh, kind of AI research there. Uh, and finally, like uh, most importantly, actually my main investment vehicle that I use for my philanthropy is a, a Singaporean company. Uh, so I go to Singapore quite, quite a lot as well. Uh, and I do think that uh, this is like actually one of my uh, comparative advantages uh, when it when it comes to kind of uh, funders uh, in uh, kind of EA. Ecosystem is that uh, my network is like politically completely neutral, uh, and like Beijing is actually a little bit closer from where I'm sitting right now than New York, for example. Uh, so I'm kind of literally between east and east and west, and 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 I kind of hope to kind of utilize that that fact more in the future. I would definitely be interested in in in, uh, in using that fact fact more because yeah, uh, it is something that I could kind of bring to the table when it comes to global coordination.
0: Cool, yeah. Um, So what projects or organizations would you like to see started in the Asia Pacific region? Like if there's a few really uh, enthusiastic individuals and Mm -hmm. how willing or excited would you be to fund these?
1: Uh, I mean, like one simple answer is that I want FHI for X (laughs) or FHI in X uh, for like uh, like any country uh, or any X when it comes to countries. Uh, so that that's for sure, but it's like a kind of very tall order. Uh, like, I mean, I know that there is literally I visited FHI Future of Humanity Institute in Shanghai. There is such organization, uh, but it's I think it's uh, let's put it that way. FHI does have like a over a decade lead when it comes to other uh, FHI's. Uh, so, like more generally, I do think that it's valuable uh, to have kind of export the quality of intellectual discourse. That currently is happening in places like uh, Oxford, uh, Cambridge, uh, Berkeley when it comes to analyzing existential risk and, and San Francisco and London as well, when you're going to include like places like OpenAI, OpenFail, uh, DeepMind. Uh, so, uh, like, yeah, that seems to be like really marginally, really important thing to uh, try to do in, in, uh, uh, in Asia.
0: All right. Yeah. So, zooming out from Asia, uh, I guess this could be a last question. Uh, what steps should big tech companies take in order to reduce the risks from misaligned AGI or artificial general intelligence?
1: I think like the first really big step that they should do is kind of acknowledge that there is a problem. Uh, like uh, Stuart Russell has this uh, uh, kind of warning. Uh, Fable that the uh, nuclear power industry seems to have just killed itself off by denying the, the risks, uh, and I do think that there is like a potential scenario where you have like similar situation where you start having like weirder and weirder, you know, AI outcomes that get kind of associated back to uh, corporate centers that do not pay attention to safety, and therefore they get just demolished. Uh, so, um like the industry just kind of fizzles out. Uh, and I already see some kind of uh, signs signs of that 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 this might actually start happening. Uh, so uh, I do think that the first step is really is kind of like like uh, acknowledging like this like there is like this this like uh, like I mean, it's early to say if it's great but like at least the start is really great. There is this uh, uh, kind of series called Next on Fox Network. Uh, like oh yeah, it, I've
0: been watching it. Uh, it's yeah, amazing. it's it's it's
1: like uh, at least the start is just like, like I would say like it's like one of my talks, but it's it's like just way better done than I could do. It. <laughs> <laughs> and I so like what on a meta level, basically, like the conclusion I get from from watching this thing is that that look the arguments about AI safety they're not hard to understand if you're like not directly incentivized to not pay attention to them. And I think that 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 is like the, the main thing that I, that I would like to see in kind of corporate centers. Take the first step and kind of start cooperating with people who are, who are concerned.
0: All right. So everyone working in big tech companies, you should do a watch party of Next at your company. Yes, Maybe please. that would <laughs> convince people. Uh, all right. So that's all the time we have for this fireside chat. Uh, thank you so much, Jan, for your time and insights. And I hope everyone enjoys the rest of the conference.
1: Thank you very much.